Welcome to the Leader's Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leader's Edge. In this episode, I talk with the Council's Government Affairs team, Joel Koprud and Blair Bartlett, and we get to listen in on a conversation with Representative Jason Smith of Missouri, new chair of the House Ways and Means Committee. You don't want to miss this. Joel, Blair, it's great to have you here as always. We are on the cusp of our Legislative and Working Groups Summit and would love to hear from you both the top issue or issues going into this week. Thank you for having us. I'm very excited actually rolling into this week. It's a weird time to be in Congress, or to be in Congress, to be in Washington, D.C. I don't have to tell you guys, I don't want to tell you guys anyone that anything that you can't get from MSNBC or the New York Times, not a lot is going to happen in this Congress. The House has flipped. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has a very narrow majority to get things through. He barely secured the gavel after 15 votes. We haven't gone through that since the Civil War, I think. Uh, It's a very (laughs) small majority, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he manages to get things through the House, nonetheless through the House and the Senate and to the President's desk to achieve his signature. There are two must-pass items for Kevin McCarthy. That is obviously raising the debt ceiling and federal funding of of the government. And how he accomplishes that is going to be questionable because he had he had to cede a lot of ground to get the votes that he needed to get that gavel. And one of the biggest issues was our debt and increasing the debt ceiling and the pressure that was put on him to negotiate major spending cuts to get the votes to increase the debt ceiling. Uh, we just learned that more than 50% of the Republican membership has never voted for an increase in the debt ceiling. This will be the first time that more than half of the party will be forced to increase the debt ceiling if we are not going to default. That's a lot of pressure on the speaker. Uh, So I share that with our members, that you are coming to Washington at a time of major polarization. Uh, But with that, I kind of think there's some opportunity. Well, it's a new year, new Congress, so there's always that optimism at the beginning of the year, right? And, And I would say, Legislative, legislatively, one of the top issues that we're looking at, the same as we did last year, is PBM transparency. Um, you know, Joel and I, and, and Joel, Joel and I, we meet with members of Congress, we meet with their staff, and, and they, you know, one of their top questions that we always get is, how do we fix healthcare? How do we make it more affordable? How do we make sure that everyone has it? And we're just, we don't know the full picture because not everything is transparent. Um, we want to make sure that you know, the the regulations passed down in the in the Appropriations Act in 2020 that made brokers prospectively report their compensation. We want to make sure that that transparency, that reporting follows all the way through the healthcare ecosystem. And, um, you know, we're kind of working with other associations so we can, you know, develop language and, and figure out how to get that done. And it, it seems to be a priority uh, for some members that we've already talked to, especially You know, Senator Grassley, again, is pushing his legislation. Um, And then, you know, regulatory on the regulatory side, we're we're working on um, the Federal Trade Commission, their uh, proposed rulemaking on non-compete agreements. Um, And that's something that we'll be looking at this week. Yeah. And Sandy, to answer your question, what's the number one issue that we're working on today? It is going to be it is that FTC rule. I mean, watching our membership's reaction to that proposal when it came out was like nothing I've ever seen before, and I've been here for 15 years. And my colleagues here, Joel Wood, our new president, Joel Wood, uh, says that this is this reminds him of the Spitzer days. Uh, wow. This is this is significant. Uh, so yeah, how that impacts our membership and our 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 advocacy efforts to 
keep it from the reach that it has right now as it is written is going to be significant. We will be chiming in with our own comment letters with the FTC. We will be joining other trade associations in Washington. There are over 100 trade associations in town that oppose what the FTC is trying to do on banning non-competes. Um, there's going, this is going to go straight to the courts. There's a major, I think, really um, valid argument that they are significantly overreaching their constitutional authority by imposing this law. <clears throat> so we will be joining those efforts, but we will be focused very narrowly on our own positions, particularly the 25% threshold that they have in there uh, and the, the, the role that non-competes will have above and or below that threshold. We th think that threshold is way too high. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a, a big issue that we will be talking a lot about this week. Um, there's not a clear legislative path for a solution yet, but I think that as time goes, as, as we see this story unfold over time, there will be a legislative answer if it's not solved in the courts, um, assuming the FTC doesn't take our comments into account when they finalize the rule, which I don't anticipate they will, but, but who knows, maybe they will. Well, you know, we hear from everyone we talk to that talent recruiting, it's the top issue still among the membership. So I'm not surprised that this issue has caused a stir. Mm -hmm. All right. So new Congress, we have new members of Congress. We have old members of Congress in new positions. What do our listeners need to know about these these new roles and what might affect their issues? Yeah, can I say one thing? So I've been telling all of my friends on Capitol Hill this. I just shared this uh, with a member I was just talking to and just kind of across the board. And everyone knows what side of the political aisle I'm on, I think. But I am the most optimistic now than I've been in, I think, six years. Whoa. Really? What's uh, wrong with oh, you? Yeah, why? absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you why. The, the very clear, what I view as a very clear, this is not noise. I, the threat to democracy in my eyes is very real, but that's not just the threat to democracy. That's a threat to the business community. That's a threat to, threat to free and competitive, fair competitive markets. It's a threat to our ability to effectively advocate for our members. The threat was real, and I think that threat was significantly mitigated after the last election when we saw all the election deniers lose. Mm -hmm. Hands down. That was supposed to be a massive red wave. One of the biggest games in town last year rolling into November was, what's the majority going to be? What's your favorite number? And people were saying, oh, he's going to have a 40-seat majority. He's going to have a 60-seat majority. I think Joel Wood's number was 20-seat majority. My number was a 10-seat majority. I, and I, I was 15. You were 15. Yeah. yeah, we all thought this wave was going to be huge, and it wasn't. And it's five. Now, that was not because they're like, oh, the Biden agenda. No, Democrats yeah. were Nancy Pelosi. That's not, was not, that was, let's be careful on how we read what happened. That was very much a referendum on the election deniers and and the and the role of Roe and the repeal of Roe, mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade, right? That's what happened on the ground. But the line on the election deniers that was clearly drawn in the sands, I think, is such a breath of fresh air. And we are now, I can say, like watching Mitch McConnell play this role of bipartisan deal maker Shocking. is incredible. <laughs> and that's also consistent with his with his philosophy that government can function in a time time of polarization with the filibuster. Mm -hmm. He is he is dead set on securing and the filibuster, maintaining the, the filibuster, but also showing the American public that the Senate can still function with the, with the filibuster. So he's incentivized to work with Democrats, and we're seeing him do that. We're seeing we're we're seeing that we're seeing noise just blow. Kevin McCarthy had to struggle to get the far right of his party to get the gavel, but now that he has it, some of the words and language that he's using sounds very conciliatory. With like, let's make a deal. Like you can't say there's not waste and corruption in government funding. Of course there is. Let's cut that out. Where can we cut spending? And uh, will the president meet him? I, I'm seeing like that he might. Um, I thought the State of the Union was 
where'd, where'd that guy come from? That's not the grandpa I'm used to seeing. I thought the energy <laughs> was really good, but I thought he gave a lot of tea leaves. Like, let's find a deal. A, defaulting on the debt is not an option. So where can we find it? I mean, I, I, I feel like despite everything that we know about what's happening with the polarization in Washington, there's a story to be told here about some incremental changes that like, you know what? Yeah. The worst might be behind us. What's happening with Donald Trump in, in, in national polls? It's not doing so great. We're seeing some more moderate candidates actually rise to the top. Democrats and Republicans alike don't think that Joe Biden is the best president of the United right. States. We don't want him to run again. I think there's this 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 momentum for a breath of fresh air. We have, Nancy Pelosi has been lover or hater. She was a great leader for the party, but she's gone. She's behind us. We've got a new leader who's very pragmatic. The party, Democratic Party, has a new leader who's very pragmatic. That's why he was elected. The the political center held. It did not lose to extremism. I think I I just feel very optimistic that business concerns, which are not left or right, they live in the political center, are could potentially thrive in this environment. That's great. I think you and I watch different State of the Unions. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have the same thought. Don't rain on I was hoping for Grandpa Biden because I you know I feel like that would. You know, the the Joe Biden that grew up in the halls of the Senate. That's what I was hoping for. And he was a little jabby, a um, little partisan. But, you know, hey. I think he was responding to Marjorie Taylor Greene screaming, you lie, and all that nonsense. I think that, that probably fed his energy. But <laughs> maybe it was a different state of the union I was watching. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> all right. So you two are embarking on an exciting new podcast series for Leaders Edge this year, which we're very excited about. You'll be interviewing members of Congress, other political and insurance thought leaders, and we've got a snippet of the very first interview that you did for us coming up. Um, it's with Representative Jason Smith, chair, new chair of the Ways and Means Committee. Um, so we're going to take a listen to that now. We're very blessed and honored to have one of the most powerful members of Congress in this next Congress joining us today. Chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, Jason Smith from Missouri. Uh, real quick introduction on Jason. He's been one of our champions um, on, on, for the insurance industry for a very long time. And some of you listening who know me might be like, why is Joel Copperwood interviewing the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, Republican MAGA, Jason Smith? You would be surprised to know that I've got bipartisan. I've got a bipartisan uh, streak. I've got some good Republican friends, as does Jason. And our, our paths crossed several years ago when we were working on this uh, FATCA issue that nobody cared about. It just hit our industry really hard. And had it been implemented as it was written, it really would have been a significant regulatory burden on our on our membership and cost hundreds of millions of dollars at the end of the day. And Jason was w consistent with his philosophy on good government, logical regulations, and combating government overreach. He was a champion on our legislation. We were able to solve it in the Trump administration. Uh, and he's he will, he's one of our allies, and we are very honored and blessed to have him leading the tax committee that oversees 100% of American taxes and 60% of, of revenue. Is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, thank you for being with us, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for having having me. It's always a pleasure, Joel. Um, it shows that that it doesn't matter what political direction you are, you can work together and, and, and be friends. Um, yeah, the Ways and Means Committee is the committee that – 100% of all revenue that comes in the United States has to come through the policies in our jurisdiction. And then, of course, 60% of all mandatory spending, all the spending of authorization. So it's a lot. That's you look incredible. at tax, trade, health care, Social Security, um, 
half of the different welfare programs keeps you busy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, can you pull back the curtain a little bit for our listeners and talk about you? You've got a hefty agenda. Uh, you've got a lot you want to get done. It's a divided Congress. Uh, but you, your vision is clear and crisp on what you want to accomplish. Can you just give us a brief overview on what you want to do as chairman? Sure. You know, the, our priorities are focused on working class Americans, um, small businesses, and farmers. Um, the American worker is, is the most significant and special resource that we have um, in our country. And we need to make sure that the tax code, trade policy, and health care policy is is actually affecting them all in a positive way. When it comes to tax policy, we're looking at those provisions of the tax code that help um, bring back our strategic supply chains, whether it's um, creating more energy security, whether it's creating food security or healthcare security. Um, We learned in COVID over those couple years that we were lacking in some very important areas. And so we need to not have that kind of issue again. So we needed to use the tax code and also trade policies from the Ways and Means Committee to help incentivize those those products, those companies to be in the United States, and if not, to at least be in our allies. We we would definitely um, we we need we need like the the pharmaceutical companies um, that we need so many important drugs be not all relying in China. We need to make sure that they're either here or in some of um, some of our greatest greatest allies. When it comes to developing these policies, we're doing things a little bit differently. I've been on the Ways and Means Committee for just over eight years. I know that that's a short time, but we've never had a field hearing the whole time that I was on this committee. And a field hearing is is whenever you leave the the marble uh, halls of Washington, D.C., and you actually just go outside and and talk to Americans all over the place. And we actually had our first field hearing this past Monday in West Virginia um, to hear from small business owners, coal miner, um, some other workers, just to hear the issues that they're facing in today's economy. Um, and it was it was amazing the stories we heard of of how a small business owner who owns a restaurant called Cheetah Bees in Petersburg, West Virginia, is struggling to just find employees. Um, how she's struggling with uh, the increased cost of all types of goods. As you know, inflation in the last has hit the highest it's been since 1981. And that means that it, it's costing everyone to put, you know, put food on their table, clothes on their backs, or gasoline in their cars more. And she gave real life examples of, you know, box of frozen chicken wings used to be 40 bucks and now they're 160. Rent used to be 2000, now it's 4500 and how that affects her customers Mm -hmm. and how it reduces their customers that can come there that they can't afford the prices anymore. So hearing the issues that real Americans have and then trying to work on policies that can help fix it, that should be the goal of every member of Congress. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're going to transform the Ways and Means Committee. I want the Ways and Means Committee, whenever I leave, to be known as the People's Committee. That's great. Uh, one issue that our members care an awful lot about is um, some provisions that are in the Tax Cut and Jobs Act signed into law by President Trump. A lot of those provisions are going to expire in 2025 and present a what could potentially be a significant tax increase on a lot of our members, depending on how you organize, whether you're a 199A, whether you're a C-Corp, S-Corp, the whole thing. Uh, it's causing a lot of anxiety as that, that date creeps up. 
Uh, do you see any opportunity for relief in addressing that expiration date in this in this Congress before the next election? I, I hope so. I think there's promising ground um, in some bipartisan tax provisions in making sure we de we're delivering relief for small businesses and, and families. Um, I've had good conversations with my counterparts over in the Senate and and uh, I'm very, very hopeful. As, as you mentioned, 199A is a provision that helps um, all small businesses. And the majority of, of businesses in our country are small businesses. The majority of employees work for small businesses. And so we need to make sure that the tax code does not disincentivize growth, does not disincentivize um, opportunity, and if this expires in 2025, you would see a substantial tax increase on all of these small businesses. So that's why it's, it's quite important. I'm glad it's bipartisan. You have Republicans and Democrats working to keep this provision, which is extremely important. And then when you look at provisions that help working families, uh, whether it's a child tax credit, those are provisions that appears that it can be bipartisan. And so hopefully we can we can get some of that resolved as well. I, I love that you keep saying bipartisan because everyone thinks it, the House is in control, nothing's gonna get done, stand still, do nothing Congress, and I don't think that's the case. I actually see a lot of opportunity for bipartisanship on a lot of our issues. You actually have played a heavy role in helping negotiate the gavel for speaker chairman as we went through that tough week uh, and you've, you're, you've got tentacles and strong relationships all across the party, but you also have strong relationships on the other side of the aisle. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how you think that's going to play a role in maybe getting some things signed into law? It's extremely important. Um, life is about relationships. Um, you never know um, who you would think you would have zero in common with. And then after you pierce the, the veil, you figure out like, wow, we do have some common ground. And that's what you work on. Um, uh, I've made it a point. I came in on a special election back in 2013. I was a class of one by myself. So um, I had zero friends, didn't know anyone. I'm this 32-year-old that just came to Washington, D.C. And, and I made it a point to just start setting up meetings with any member of Congress that would meet with me. Um, and it was not to ask for anything, Joel. It was just to get to know them, to find out where you would have common ground. And it's amazing the things that you would, you would learn about people that you wouldn't ever think that you would have anything in common with. I could go through a list of members that people would be like, there is no way you're friends with. Um, but that's what's great about this country is that we're all so different, but we're all Americans. And that's what unites all of us. And we all have that, that uniting factor. And so we can always find common ground on something. And then there's some things that are just very polarizing that you're just going to disagree on. But you got you to gotta be respectful and be like, okay, well, you have a different different opinion here that's fine let's work on something else yeah that's so if you just had dinner at the white house with the president to, to sort through this it's all refreshing not hear. with the president with the uh, with his uh with his folks from the government affairs yeah so Excellent. but i did talk to the president last week and had a very good conversation with him at all but he didn't take me to dinner <laughs> you know no, so. <laughs> no wine or dinner <laughs> no wine or dinner so. Uh, two questions we're going to ask every member that joins this podcast. One, who's your favorite member on the other side of the aisle to work with? So um, I got several. Um, I, you know, it depends on the issue. Um, 
I work with Senator Cinema. I um, work with Josh Gottheimer. Um, it's a variety of people. Um, on our committee, um, Terry Sewell and Jimmy Panetta, great members, um, good friends. So um, there's a lot of them. Love that. We love all those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the number one issue that you're hearing about from your constituents today? The number one issue that I'm hearing is, is that they want me to fight to address all the different crises that they're facing, um, whether it's the inflation crisis, whether it's the energy crisis, whether it's the debt crisis or the border crisis. Um, they feel like that there's so many things coming on that they're concerned with and they just want me to fight to fix it. All right. So, Joel Blair, I'd love to hear any takeaways you guys have from that conversation. Can I just say, I think I love the fact that one of my best friends in Congress is a MABA, MABA, is a <laughs> MAGA Trump-loving Republican who is now chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. I've, I tell our members, like, like, no, I've got Republican friends. I don't think anyone actually believes me. It's one, Joel. No, <laughs> that, that's not Jason true. Jason Smith See, and me. You're feeding. <laughs> what about Joel Wood? Oh, yeah, Joel, Joel Wood. Wood. Uh, Wood. You've got three, Joel. <laughs> that's not true. I have a lot more than that. But one of them is now one of the most powerful members of Congress. He's chairman of the House of Ways and Means Committee. It's incredible. And I thought that conversation was so... I feel like it was so refreshing to hear him say what I feel like I was just saying a minute ago about bipartisanship in this polarized environment. All he talked about was bipartisanship. Yeah. And I know, and I don't think very many people in his, well, I don't know, maybe they do know, but Jason gets along well with everyone. He gets, one of his best friends is Kirsten Cinema, one of my best friends. He works very closely with Joe Kennedy, who's a former member who wants to run for the Senate, who's got a bright political future ahead of him. He works well with, he, I mean, he's, he's best friends with one of the most conservative senators from Oklahoma. And one of the most liberal Democrats from Massachusetts, like he he spawns the political spectrum. Well, it's it's a conversation. It shows a conversation that probably happens a lot, but doesn't get covered a lot. You know, it, this isn't the type of conversation that you know the the broadcast news is reporting on. Right. Um, and so I think you do see bipartisanship coming out of the, you know coming out of the mouths of a lot of members of Congress, but it just doesn't get covered. I'm hopeful that this actually that this bursts through the polarized environment that's so heavily driven by our echo chambers on Facebook and Instagram and Fox News and all that cuz that that drives so much of the noise, but you're right, and one of the things that I want to do in my new role as Senior Vice President of Government Affairs is really pull back the curtain as much as I can and do more of these podcasts. This is going to be a regular thing so that we can show our membership and show hopefully the country that these, A, these people are just people. They're normal people like all of us. I think most Americans lie in the center, maybe center left or center right, but we're probably most in the center. And they're all just navigating their own political dynamics that they have to navigate from their, from their, their own districts. But when they come here, they're all Americans. And we're all Americans just trying to find the right solutions. No one wants to default on the debt, right? How we, how we avoid that might be a different strategy, but we will find no one wants rising health care costs. We all want to bring that about, but how we lower the costs. Everyone wants all Americans to have coverage, but how we get that is a different route. I want to be able to show that these are good people. They are thoughtful people. They are our friends. They are not idiots. They, are, they kind of know what our issues are. The ones that you're going to hear from are not idiots. There are a lot of idiots out here. <laughs> <laughs> But I think my, so I want to so. use this opportunity to really show who these people are and why why they are some of the biggest recipients of our political uh, political dollars. Any but, other major priorities for your your new role as SVP of the Government Affairs Team? Top priority is transparency. Just more transparency around the 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 political side. 
bringing Washington to our members. One of the one of the biggest lessons that I learned there are there are lots of lessons, but one big one I learned over the pandemic was how much members just enjoyed the podcasts that we hosted, or the, sorry, the webinars that we hosted yeah. for some of our, our most active PAC donors. So I want to do webinars for PAC donors where that, so that you have the direct opportunity to engage and ask questions of some of our legislative champions, and hopefully that's an incentive to participate more in the PAC. Uh, but if you don't participate in the PAC, uh, we're going to do these podcasts yeah. so that you can see that we are out there advocating for you on a regular basis. You can actually hear our active lobbying of the members of Congress, give the members of Congress an opportunity to get in front of our members on a regular basis. Uh, but, one, you know, when the business interruption crisis unfolded at the beginning of the pandemic, and so many businesses thought they had insurance, and they found out that they actually didn't cover a pandemic, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was um, what a void there was in our industry for a go-to source of information of what is going on. Mm -hmm. We filled that void. Our new president, Joel Wood, is one of the most trusted sources in the industry for honest, thoughtful, not polarizing um, vision and information. And he, it was, it was behind the scenes, it was a panic mode every day to get out all the information, what's happening in the markets, what's happening in government, what's how, how's everything responding. but it was the must-read news item of the day for about two months, yeah. uh, more so than anything else that was coming through their inboxes. So it demonstrated a gap to be filled. Um, and as we pulled out the pandemic, we kind of went back to our daily activities. But I, I'm always mindful of that moment and that gap, and I want to fill that as much as possible from a government affairs and advocacy perspective. All right. So last question. Tomorrow we'll be going to the Hill for a great legislative lineup. Uh, speakers from various different parts of Congress. I'd love to hear from you both. Who are you most excited to hear from? So I I am most excited. I mean, I've heard from him many times, but I'm most excited for our members to hear from Senator Mike Braun from Indiana. Um, you know, Joel knows, you know, how much I respect him, um, but he has a very interesting background um, as an employer who used brokers probably used one of our members or some of our members um, when he was an employer providing benefits for his employees. Um, His experience and thoughts on price transparency, I think people will be surprised by. Uh, So that's, you know, I've been trying to get him for a few past um, conferences and was finally able to, to get him. And we're going to do kind of a Q&A period. So he'll kind of introduce himself and, and do some Q&A. But we are, unfortunately, eventually losing him as he's going to run for Indiana governor, for the governor of Indiana. So, it, you know, we'll see what he can get get accomplished in that in transparency before he leaves. That'll be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing from Mark Kelly. <clears throat> he just narrowly won the race in Arizona. Uh, I got to know him well over the past two years, and he's just got such an amazing story to tell. He's obviously the husband of Gabby Giffords, who almost yeah. died in the, the, the hor- horrific shooting uh, many years ago in Arizona. He's, he's an astronaut. He worked in the International Space Station with, with Russian cosmonauts. Listening to him tell those stories are fascinating. He's a fighter jet pilot, served in the military. Uh, his, his biography is just incredible, and he's just strikes me as such a, a real American hero for what he has done. Um, but his stories his stories are great. And it's funny listening to him, someone who has the biography that he has, he says this is the toughest job he's ever had. <laughs> no <Senator>. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just, I love being in a space, and I can't wait for our members to hear from him. Well, that sounds great. I'm very excited to hear from them both, and I'm sure we'll all be up there listening. Thanks, you guys. Thank it's you. such Thank a pleasure you. always to have you. Thank you. 
That was Joel Copperwood and Blair Bartlett of the Council, along with Representative Jason Smith. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Keep an eye out for more episodes of Capitol Hill Chatter with Joel and Blair right here on the Leader's Edge podcast.